We all have the answers, but asking the questions to get us to that place is also so huge to find out why we're not doing something and to move forward on our own too. You're listening to Wild Creative, a podcast designed to inspire new ways of thinking, evoke wild ways of being, and excavate enriched understandings about our purpose, creativity, and wellness. I'm your host, Emma Kvetna, maker and mystic, teacher and writing coach, entrepreneur, and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello and welcome to Wild Creative. As someone who has been creative their whole life, you would think that would just come naturally and easily every time I needed it, right? Well, it certainly doesn't. In fact, being creative is one of the most challenging things that we can do because with it comes self-doubt, lack of confidence, anxiety, imposter syndrome, procrastination, and more than half the time, I'm just trying to work through any one of those blockages to get something created, whether that's an art project, a writing project, a renovation project, something related to my business, or it could even be personal development related or fitness as well. There's just no limit to the ways in which we may be using creativity to further ourselves or our art or achieve something in life. And my point is, it's just not always easy to create the things that you want out of life. Luckily, though, my guest today is a coach specifically for creatives of all types. And I have to say a lot of what she said resonated with me. And there's one part in particular during our conversation where I felt specifically like she was referring to me. So that was super helpful. And I hope you find her wisdom as insightful as I did. My guest today is Bree Stockwell creative coach, mom of four, musician, photographer, hiker, mediocre painter, and lifelong creative. As a certified life coach, Brie helps creatives overcome similar obstacles that she faced with her own creativity, all with the vision of helping her clients achieve goals and tap into creating intuition in their personal and business practices. As such, Brie is passionate about empowering writers, photographers, painters, artists, and creatives everywhere to create the confidence they want as they pursue their own creative dreams. Brie is also an internationally published award-winning nature and landscape photographer and is working towards publishing her first ebook. Making easy and meaningful connections with people is her superpower and she uses its magic frequently in podcast appearances, workshops, presentations, and also as the co-host of the podcast, A Creative Affair. Brie joined me via Zoom today from her home in Texas. Hello, Bree. Thank you so much for joining me on Wild Creative. Hey, Emma. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to ask you, a creativity coach in a way, about all that you do and your process and your approach. Um, before we get to that, though, the first time we met, way back in November, as we were just saying, um, <laughs> you right. said to me that for the longest time you thought or believed that you weren't creative at all. But now you're a photographer and you've done gallery shows and you're a coach for people who have creative minds. So what changed? Like what's what was the what's the deal there? How did that come about? That's such an interesting question because I asked my friends, I'm like, oh yeah, I I, I haven't thought I was creative for a long time. And they're like, wait, how is that even possible? Like you are like the most creative person we know. <laughs> and <laughs> so being creative before I answer your question, first, I want to say that being creative is all, it's just a way of being. It's all in our minds. You know, it's not like anything that we do or don't do, or it's not like some activity. It is hundred percent in our, in our minds. So, so I love that like, distinction. Uh, yeah. 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 Because look, from the time I was in high school, I remember the other day I was actually remembering this, that I would make my own jewelry and sell it to my friends. Like I was making stuff out of nothing. You know, I was always like doing little doodles. Mm -hmm. I made, I, I'm kind of a habitual maker. So like I've made furniture in my house and 
I mean, you, I've done knitting, quilting, you know, I mean, you name it, I have done it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but photography is here to stay because it's just super fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. But even with all of that, I was thinking, oh, I'm copying people. Like I'm not really creative. I'm copying people. So I'm like, oh, I see. I even like with furniture, I'm like, oh, this is the, or sewing or knitting. This is the pattern. This is how you do it. Yeah. And then I would go do it. And I'm like, of course I'm not creative. Creative means that you create. What does that mean even? Like in my head, it was like creative means I create something from nothing. And so it actually wasn't until, I mean, I always maybe kind of believed I was, I would do creative-ish things, but I didn't mm-hmm. believe in my real own creativity. Yeah. So I also have a podcast. And when we first started, we would have these themes and I would come with like these big lists because I didn't think that I could just show up and talk. <laughs> and so we were talking about what is creativity or actually we were talking about like play, just yeah. playing and experimenting. And I'm like, I don't really believe like, how am I going to talk about this? I don't really believe that I, I do that. And I really did some work on myself to wrap my mind around that. Like, yes, I actually feel creative. I not don't just do creative things uh, that the world thinks are creative, but I actually feel creative. And that was such a huge shift for me that I'm like, yeah, I, and I mean, <laughs> I, it seems silly to me. It seems kind of silly because I was already doing all the things. Right. I mean, I really, I really was. There's nothing that changed physically, but in my head, it was such a light bulb because I was like, yeah, I am a creative person. And to me, being creative and creativity for me kind of means like you're curious and you explore and you play and you don't have to create stuff that is totally unique. There's just this mindset about being a creative that is really fascinating. Anyway, it's a long long answer (laughs) to your question, but it really was a light bulb moment for me. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, thank you for asking that because I have been thinking about that lately. Yeah, no problem. It's always interesting to hear people's different takes on creativity and how that changed for them over time. But yeah, I like how you make that distinction about it being like more of a mindset and it's almost kind of a lifestyle too, in a sense, rather than solely being product based. It's like, well, unless you create something and not only create something, but like get validation about it from someone else, whether that's like selling it or showing it to someone or in a gallery or whatever, unless you do that, then you didn't, you didn't really create something, but that's not the case. Like you can, you can be creative and not have to create an end product necessarily like it's all about the process I think and the journey the mindset as you were saying and creative thinking in general and it doesn't always have to be artistic either so there's just so many different ways yeah of being creative so and I like the play yeah absolutely yeah Uh, the play aspect is so crucial I think to being creative so for sure when when I think of myself as a creative person Mm -hmm. then I actually allow myself to go and experiment and play more because I'm like identifying now as this creative person. And that actually is so weird, right? (laughs) It actually (laughs) makes me even more, it makes me feel even more creative. It's kind of like a cycle. Yeah. It's kind of like you give yourself permission or something just by having that switch. Um, So it sounds like for you, that light bulb moment happened and then you just realized that that's what you wanted to do or like that's how did you know you wanted to coach others through it? So I was already doing that. That's the kicker is I was already (laughs) doing. Yeah, right. Like, so I studied music in at university. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I told you I was doing already all of these things. And I had gone deep into photography. Actually, the catalyst for becoming a coach was uh, in December of 2019. I I was in a coaching program myself. Like it's just like membership. Anyway, so I was in a program be, being coached, and we were doing these cha- monthly challenges. And so 
December's was create the impossible in 2020. And I'm like, I don't know what I should do. I, you know, I've always wanted to do photography. Let me just try that. It's like something I always, you know, my kids were getting older and I'm like, okay, let me just, what could I do? And I decided to spend the whole year of 2020 really diving deep. And then I would, and then I said, and then after that, I will host my own solo exhibition. It ended up being in my house because I, I, I had already thought that that's what it would be. Yeah. Um, but because of COVID, I was thinking about some different, you know, things, but I did have it here. I actually did have it here. Mm-hmm. So I spent the next year. And of course, we know what happened with 2020. Everything changed. Like all of the things I thought would it would be were not. And it's actually even it turned out even better than I could have ever imagined because I just allowed myself to just go with the journey. But also I just pushed myself really hard, but lots of action, massive action is what I call it. So during that time, I'm like, this is huge. I'm dealing with stuff like, you know, overcoming self-doubt, pushing past procrastination and, you know, some resistance so many things, like so many ways we get stuck, you know, like expectations about my own photography, like being able to release Mm. those and having things turn out even better because I did that, which is so counterintuitive to how we normally think. Right. And in that process, I was like, the world needs to hear more of this. Like we need help doing more of this as creative people. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to go do. And so then the right after I finished my solo show, I signed up for coaching certification and spent the next six months doing that. So anyway, so that was the catalyst. But all Mm -hmm. the time I'm thinking still, I just, you know, because photography is easy to just follow the recipe. You show up, you have your camera, you take a picture, right? Mm -hmm. And truly at the beginning, sometimes of our creative journeys, you know, that is part of the process is maybe mimicking, you know, I have that book, Steal Like an Artist. Have you read that one? I haven't, no. Oh my gosh. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm showing you on the video. It's by Austin Cleon. It's called Steal Like an Artist. Yeah. Write this down. You guys, y'all go read this book. It's so good. And it's super fun. He just made it however he wanted to do it. It's such a fun, like, that looks seriously. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So (laughs) yeah, so much gold in there, but through this and, and my own work, I've been learning that part of the creative process is really to, we want to find, we want to look at people that we're inspired by and even if we copy them exactly, find inspiration in their work and then do that because that's how we figure out what we want to be creating. And so there's sort of a, in my head, three-step process, right? Where we mimic and then we integrate the, what we've been mimicking and inspired by with a mm-hmm. little bit of our own ideas until we finally get to really creating authentic work. And I was really in that mimicking phase Mm-hmm. And when I finally did that podcast episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I am integrating. I am being creative. I'm putting in my own stuff here. Like, okay, I'm at that point. So I think it's not a big deal if we actually don't feel creative. We don't think we are, but how can we get to that point that we, that we feel even more because it will open our world up to creating so much more and creating the authentic work that we all yeah. like desire. We all desire to do right like this is uniquely me yeah and I feel like some of us like crave it almost like there's something we just have to get out in this lifetime even if it's a one-time thing or whatever it is but yeah what a way to prove to yourself that you can do it (laughs) just diving in and during COVID no less like that must have been oh my gosh (laughs) probably so many more self-doubts and setbacks like (laughs) on top of that. Well, I had all these plans. I I just think it's so funny because I had all these plans to, okay, I'll back up tiny bit. So (laughs) I, I'm a nature and landscape photographer. So you have to go out into the world to make photos. I mean, I could do it. I have done it from my backyard. That's way more fun to go to a place like Iceland or Korea or Costa Rica. And I actually had plans to go to all three of those. You know, I was like, I'm going to go, oh, this, this is going to be amazing because I'm going to go to all these fabulous places. I'm going to take my camera and I'm going to make awesome work. And in my head, I didn't realize, like I was thinking I'm going to make awesome work because I'm in an awesome place. 
because all of that was taken from me, I proved that not true. Mm, I can make, I can make work I love from anywhere. And that is what actually 2020 taught me. And that is really, really fun. So I was like doing road trips, but like solo Mm -hmm. road trips. And because all that was taken from me, I found, I was able to find places that really resonated with me personally and use my intuition and start to follow that as part of my Mm -hmm. creative process. So much better than the alternative. Like I don't need to believe that I have to go somewhere and I'm going to come back with amazing stuff because that is such a recipe for disappointment. I can't even tell you. (laughs) Or like how many of us believe like, if we just had the latest, greatest thing, a thing, somehow a thing is going to make our work better. Now, I'm not saying like if you're a painter, you might want to switch paints. You might want to, you know, invest in some sort of material or something to help you, right? Yeah. If you're a musician or a videographer, you might need a better computer to do some of that work or camera, whatever. But it's not the thing that makes your work awesome. You make your work awesome. And that's one of the things that I learned, right? Like we don't need the next best thing. So true. And I feel like the next best thing is that's kind of like a, a, one more excuse or a re- reason for why you sh- can't do it now. Because, oh, I don't have the latest camera, so I can't do my photography. Like, are you? is it really about the camera or is it just that you're avoiding doing what you said you weren't going to do, right? <laughs> Right, right. And, and seriously, as a musician, I do believe in having a good instrument. Like I be, like, mm-hmm. because I have seen the difference between a poor quality instrument and yeah. you sound so much better. You feel so much better when you're using something that's quality. So I do believe in totally. quality instruments or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a camera. I did go out when I started and buy a brand new camera, Mm-hmm. But only because I believe that, like, I believe that, and it wasn't the latest and greatest about it used on eBay, but I, I knew I was going to print. So I, I think there are reasons that we want to have a good quality, some good quality mm-hmm. materials to work with, but not for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Not for like the, I have to have this, otherwise my stuff won't be good. <laughs> right, exactly. False. That's not a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. if you're, if you're thinking that right now. Throw that away and <laughs> and figure out why do you really want that? And could you challenge yourself to create even more amazing work with what you already have before you invest in the next thing? Think of how much right. money we would all save. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so many, so much money saved. <laughs> kind of a nice segue into like your coaching and your approach to coaching your, your MO, I guess, like how, when you are working with a new client, what, what is the first thing you would need to know in order to get started with them? Like, yeah, where do you start with someone when they come to you? Yeah, so I always find out what they want. And really, mm-hmm. what is their biggest, like, hang up? I mean, of course, so here's the thing. I love people and I love connections. Like, I love finding out what they're passionate about, what makes them tick, what excites them, and why do they want to keep going? Because why do they want to keep doing what they're doing? Because for me, we want to have reasons, a really solid reason why we go and do all the things like a reason that we love because that helps propel us forward. Right. And sometimes so many of us are so passionate about what we do that when we get stuck, it's super frustrating. Like, like um, I have my friends, my friend today was like, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm, I can't make myself physically do this work. I'm procrastinating it. Why? And so it's those kind of questions, like what is the your biggest challenge right now? Mm-hmm. Or what is it that you're, it's a lot of times I'll work with people who have big goals and they don't necessarily see the path to get there. So then we kind of lay out a plan to get there. Okay, you mm-hmm. have this, well, what's stopping you right now from getting to that place? And so we talk, mm-hmm. we just talk about all of that. And that's why one-on-one coaching is so great. Because then we can take these personal avenues, you know, and it was so interesting because so often we're like, if only we would just do the things we think that it's a doing problem Mm -hmm. and it's always a believing problem. (laughs) Like, like for, right. Like for me with my creativity, look how much, like 
I was like, oh, if I, I was doing all the things. I was doing all the things. So why didn't I feel creative? Why didn't I think I was creative? It's because I didn't believe it. And so actually when I believed it, when I shed all that old thinking, it actually opened me up even more to like, I'm experimenting with like color and mm-hmm. I, I got this new camera that does weird stuff and it's <laughs> awesome. Like even more, I'm allowing myself to dream. So yeah. it's, that that's really fun. So that's, that's like, that's like where we start with one-on-one, but here's the thing. I think a lot of it begins with confidence and we're creatives, right? So we're putting a piece of ourselves out for the world to see. Mm-hmm. And that can be really intimidating, like feel really intimidating. And so I think a lot of it starts with confidence, which is why I started offering these six week confidence workshops. And mm-hmm. I, d- I just finished one. They are so amazing because it gives you a, a like, and I do the work. Here's what's fun. This is my big secret. Y'all. I like to do these because I do the work too. So every time I'm like, <laughs> yes. So I come out feeling super amazing and I'm like, okay, I got to schedule the next one because I'm going to do this work again. Right. And yeah. so, so, so I get to do it. I get to do it all over again, but there's so much about confidence that keeps us from moving forward. And, and there's so many little nuances that we talk about. It's I don't know. It's just awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah. really amazing to literally see to really have these big shifts and it helps us become better at what we do when we believe in our abilities to do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, that's actually where I really like starting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good place to start. The confidence piece is a big one, which I do want to touch on more, but I like, I want to address something you said there about how the action didn't necessarily fuel your beliefs which was, which is weird when you think about it. It's like, of all the things, why would a tangible action or results still not make me believe I am creative or an artist or whatever? So is it fair to say then in your experience with your clients and stuff that action doesn't fuel beliefs? Like what fuels belief? Like, yeah. How do you approach belief? If it's not, if not (laughs) action-based, then how? (laughs) Right. So I think um, my husband and I have this what is our little saying? Um, positive mantras aren't always positive. <laughs> so, because a lot of times what we're trying to believe is we're trying to like force ourselves to believe something that, that we just don't. We're like, oh, exactly. I should believe I'm amazing or I should believe this about, I should, do you see that should part? Yes. I should mm-hmm. believe this. And we're not there. Like we totally doubt it. We haven't, we haven't done the work to get to that part, but so many of us think just by saying it or, um, you know, by telling ourselves that we should believe it, that we are going to. And so, and we try and like, we're like, Oh, I'm a, whatever it is. And then we try and do the work to get there. And that's great. There is a piece of doing the work that can help us shift, but it all has to start in our minds a hundred percent. Because if we didn't believe that even getting to that big thing, that, that big belief was possible, we wouldn't even do any of the work. Right. So here's the thing is we have to ladder. And I teach this in my, in my workshop, we have to start somewhere. And it's really important that we shift incrementally and this can be happen really quickly or it can take a long time. Like there are some beliefs, like think about that creativity one. I really told myself that I wasn't, wasn't creative for a long time, but then all of a sudden when I had to like think about it and prove to myself and all of that, I shifted really quickly. So we can do that or it, it just depends on who we are, how, you know, how ingrained it is in yeah. us. The basis, the foundation for all of my coaching is, it's called a model. I actually am certified from the life coach school and it's a general life coach certification, but she teaches us something called the model. It's a five-step, but I like to quickly boil it down to three parts. Mm -hmm. So everything that we think creates how we feel and our emotions, right? How we, our emotions, like how we feel, fuel how we show up, like all our actions or even our next thoughts. And so it has to be like, we can action things, 
But the reason why, like so many people will tell us to do things and we're like, why isn't it working? Why can't I just force myself not to procrastinate? It's because there's some kind of thinking that's keeping us stuck somewhere. So we have to, we kind of want to just pick apart. It has to start with noticing what we're thinking. And so when we can start noticing what we're thinking and how we feel from that thinking, Mm -hmm. then we start doing the work. Then we can start to change and believe new things, all of that. So um, it, it really, like, seriously, it really has to start with our brains, with all yeah. the things we think. So, yeah, I love that. Crazy. And yeah, it is crazy. And bringing, I think you're right, bring, bringing the awareness to what, what the thought itself is the first step. Uh, it's kind of like alcoholics, they're not going to admit they're not, they're not going to go to AA until they admit they have a problem. It's, it's kind of like your thoughts. You're not going to, you're not going to try to fix the thought until you acknowledge that the thought is even there or that you're having them. So awareness right. yeah, and, is a big one. And I want to, yeah. And I want to say this about becoming aware of our thinking, like for a long time, mm-hmm. I was so freaked out to look in my brain as so many of us are. Because I was scared to see what kind of ugly stuff was in there. And um, when I decided to look at my own mind as just like something that was happening without all of the judgment, which actually adds another layer and then we feel terrible. And then that can partly can cause us to like show up not how we want to. So when I can like step back and go, okay, I just see, I just see my thinking. I see that I don't believe I'm creative. Like I see that. Right. Right. And I don't even have to feel bad about it. I just notice that it, it exists. And I really think that's such a huge part of having awareness about our thinking is just acknowledging that our brains just come up with these thoughts. I mean, what is the thing? Like we have, we have like 60,000 or whatever thoughts a day. Yeah. Something crazy like that. <laughs> I mean, how many, I mean, seriously, and what we want to spend, how much time do we want to spend like making judgments about it all? You know? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. How exhausting, <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. when we can be like, awareness is such a huge key to moving forward, but we want to do it without all the judgment with just the noticing and going, okay, I see that. I see how it's causing me to show up. Now, how do I want to change it? So then being able to like move forward. And if we have all the judgment and then and feel bad, then we don't actually do that work. We just run away and eat ice cream and, you know, put our cameras cry. away and, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen. <laughs> and cry and cry. Yeah. 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 And I think we feel so terrible. <laughs> I know. And, and we've all been there and I've been there too, for sure. I've even, I even had the thought to quit writing at one point, which looking back is just crazy because I like, can't, I can't not write. <laughs> I can't not, I can't not do that thing. So, but not though there was like a time in my life where I was like, well, I guess I can't do it. So maybe I should just not do it. Maybe that'll be a relief to not have to do it anymore but it wasn't. <laughs> so I went did back you, to writing. So I have a, yeah, I yeah. have a question. Like, so did you, when you were thinking that, did you, you stopped writing? I, I can't, I don't even think I stopped writing. I think I just had the thought. And then I was like, no, that's way too scary. Like I, that's not right. That's not it. It was just like, I just remember, I think I was on sitting on the couch or something. I was crying. I, cause I was going through a huge writer's block and I was just like, I can't, why can't I be a writer? Why can't I be good already? Like all the things like you were saying. And um, yeah. And then I just had the idea that I've like, what if I just don't do it anymore? Like, what if I just quit writing? What if I just like stop writing stories or books? Like, what if I give up that dream basically? And I think I only had that thought for like five minutes or something. And I was like, no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> I can't do that. It's so uh, I powered through, but I got, what I'm saying is it got to such a low point where I actually even had that thought at all, which I've never had that thought before or since. So, Yeah. You know, um, it's so interesting because it sounds like in that moment, like you feel so terrible, right? When, mm-hmm. when we're at that point where we're like, I should just give this up. I, I hundred percent in 2020 thought this, I was like, why am right. I even doing this? this? is totally ridiculous. Who does this stuff? Right. <laughs> and because, because you had that moment where you felt so low, I mean, it was just kind of like an observation I'm making and you could tell me if I'm right or wrong, but, uh, because you had that moment where you felt so low and then you had that thought, I should just stop. 
immediately you like, it looks like you just had this like visceral reaction. Like that is actually not an option. And right. you're not revisiting that because you've already then that, that low moment caused you to like make the decision that that's never an option for you again. And you don't have to, you don't have to like ask yourself that question now ever again, because exactly. you know, it's like not an option. Right. So how yep. amazing is it that you had that experience? Because now you just know you're like, I'm low, but I know I can power through. I also yep. know this isn't an option and yep. I'm going to keep doing what it takes. So awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. I never thought of it that way before, but I, I did kind of rule it out <laughs> when I didn't think right. that I'd, I'd ever get to a place where I would be doing that or ruling out that option. Um, so, yeah. And, and for me, like, any time where I've had, I like how you said earlier about incremental shifts as opposed to, because obviously this doesn't just like get fixed overnight or, you know, quote fixed or even a week or, or a month. Um, that's why people work with coaches for so long because it's, it's an incremental process. And I have found that to be true for myself too when I was coming out of writer's block. And I think the things that really shifted for me was new thought forms, like new thoughts, new reframing. So it just goes to show, at least for me personally, what you were saying about it all starts in your mind. It's really about your mind. Cause like once I had the thought, I can't unthink it. Now I know, I know this, this new thought and it's like, there's no going back. And I've had so many epiphanies because of like these new thoughts that come into my mind that change everything. Do so. you have one of those like Ooh. top of mind? <laughs> I do. It's I like, mean, cause these are, these are important, like seriously. Yeah. Well, like, okay, so I, I think I've told this story before on here, but I'll tell it again briefly. But um, I, I haven't I, heard it. You haven't heard it. So yeah, who cares? I'm going to say right. it. <laughs> um, I, for the longest time, was a prose writer. So I only wrote stories and essays. And I never wrote poetry because I didn't understand it, didn't get it, couldn't relate to it, just didn't understand how to do it, didn't read it. Very adverse to poetry. And then in 2020, surprise, surprise, 2020, I went on these road trips and <laughs> one of the questions I asked myself was, okay, why can't I write poetry? Like, why is it so difficult for me when I can easily write prose? Like what the hell is going on there? That makes no sense. Like, I, I just feel like I, there's something there that I haven't looked at before. And for me, I, the epiphany came when I realized that poetry for me really relates to my subconscious and my body. And at the time I was super disembodied and super subconsciously unaware so I couldn't access the place within me from which poetry would come from and and then I realized prose was a very conscious thinking thing that I my brain was always working I overthink all the time no wonder prose is so easy for me it's just there it's easy to do but poetry is kind of more elusive it's kind of beneath the surface and it's more in my body and um, I didn't get that until that year. And that is when I started writing poetry. And now I have poetry published in lit mags. And it, I never thought that would happen. So I think that just goes, that's a good example of like how changing your mind or like a new thought can really change everything that comes after it. So that is so interesting. So what was the <laughs> one thought? Like if you had to put it into like a succinct, mm, like succinct. what was that one thought? the one thought would be that prose is from a conscious realm and poetry is from a subconscious realm. I thought they're from the same place. Uh, you know, that's huge. And then what about you having the ability to access the like subconscious? Well, I was forced to get more in tune with my body and, and mm. become more embodied because I was very disembodied at the time, as I said. And so when I started doing that, that's when I started writing poetry. Like it just came so much more easily to me. And I, not only that, but the poetry I was writing, I didn't hate. It wasn't cringy. I've had tried writing poetry before, but it was terrible. So I was actually making poetry. Because it was poetry. probably from a, yeah. It was probably from a really forced place, like pinched. Oh yeah. Like I have to try and do this because this is what I should do or whatever. I would, I would like try to plot out the poem, like as if it was a story. I tried to know the ending before I started it. And it was always horrible. And with the poems, the way I write poetry now and songs too, uh, I don't know. I have no idea where it's going or what it's even about, usually until I'm like done <laughs> or halfway through. So, yeah, very different from the pro the way I used to write or that the way that I write prose. 
This is so huge because, um, and I don't know how many conversations you've had about this on your podcast, but this is, this is what I had to discover in 2020 was, mm -hmm. it, and this is one of the things that I discovered was how to tap into my creative intuition, yeah. because all of a sudden I was like, what kind of subjects turn me on? How can I create work that feels more authentic and feels like it comes from within? Like, how am I going to cross? How am I going to shift from this mimicking to the mm -hmm. authentic work? And at hundred percent, I noticed a huge change when I started tapping into how my emotions felt in my body. And it starts with becoming aware of your thinking and then tapping into how, like, because because if you believe, if you if you buy into what I just you know said was which was all of our thoughts create how we feel. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking something, and that creates an emotion for us. And how does that feel in our body, yep. right? And how are we going to tap into that? Like, like what is what is going on there? And there's there's more to it, right? Like mm -hmm. there's some like really interesting nuances when you start to begin this work. But I just know it's like doing yoga when you're connecting to your body. It's like this mind body connection and you really start to grow and that's mm -hmm. huge. And then, and then your actions come from all that. Right. So um, yeah. look at, look at what happens when you, when you start to do that work. So interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to tell people, Hey, you got to tap into your emotions. You got to see how you're thinking. And they're like, whatever, you know, but I'm like, truly, this is what helped you. <laughs> we Seriously. Want to do that work. Yeah. And it, it really know? is a mind, a mind, body, soul thing. Like creativity really is those three pillars. I think that I was missing the body one and mostly the soul one for a long time. I just had the mind like overthinking things too much, too much in my head. And it feels better. Like doing the it work does. feels so much better because it feels like, it feels like there's a real, like, um, you know, so you're, you're also a musician. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when everything is in tune, like I, I've played it with orchestras or, you know, with, you know, in groups and when everyone is in tune and it has this really amazing, everyone's on the same wavelength and frequency mm -hmm. and it just sings into your body. Like there's this beautiful yes. hum and that is what it feels like to me. Like when, when I'm out, when I'm like, this is the place that I want to be. Okay. Now where do I need to go? Okay. This is what I need to be doing. And that is the, the beautiful music of making like any kind of art is being able to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, and I do relate to that me too. <laughs> as a piano player and <laughs> singer. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I do want to get into more of the coaching aspect uh, on your website. Sure. I saw that there was these kind of pil pillars, I guess, or buckets um, that you seem to tackle with your clients, loss of momentum, self-doubt and lack of confidence, which we sort of talked about already, creative blocks and procrastination. Those seem to be like the big themes that come up, yeah. I'm sure, with creatives of all sorts. So we probably don't have time to go into all of them in depth, but I'm going to try. Um, so like, for instance, what's the difference between loss of momentum and procrastination? Because to me, they, they, could, they kind of could overlap in a sense. Um, but and how do you yeah, what's your thoughts on those? And how do you tackle them? Well, procrastination is interesting because I have felt momentum, like I mm -hmm. feel like I have some momentum. But then there might be this other thing that I'm procrastinating underneath. So I think that's just a way that we're thinking of it. Like, um, you know, anything I say on my website, which I'm going to be changing up soon, but uh, anything I say is like, because all of us think in different ways, right? Maybe one of us is like, I've lost momentum and I actually have no idea why. And it could be that you're procrastinating something, but you don't see it, right? Mm -hmm. And some of us have very clear understanding that we are procrastinating this one thing and why aren't we doing it? And so for me, I have been in that space where I have felt a lot of momentum mm -hmm. and also been procrastinating something at the same time. And I've also yeah. been in the space where I, I'm like, I don't understand. I mean, look, I'm a coach, but 
I don't always know everything that I mean, you know, I have to get coached too. I coach yeah. myself, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, of course. I mean, I had my friend and my, I, I called my friend the other day. I'm like, I just don't know what to do with this. And he was like, Brie, this is the opposite of the thinking thing. He was like, just go do the things, just go do it and then see what <laughs> happens. And I'm like, okay, fine. But um, because we can learn a lot from that, sometimes we just mm. have told ourselves we can't. And so sometimes we just need to go. Sometimes we just need yeah. someone to actually be like our, like our sports coach and be like, yes. go do the thing. That push. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. You're overthinking. Mm -hmm. Just go do the things right now. But the procrastination, it can come from so many places. For sure. It comes from some place. I have to read what I texted my friend, but it comes from a place where we have some thoughts about either our abilities to do the thing, or there's some sort of fear involved, or we're worried about what other people think, right? Like if I had to think mm -hmm. about like, maybe um, I'm going to thinking about sharing something with the world or putting out a new collection, I might be, this is not my ever my hangup, but you know, we mm -hmm. each have our own things. You know, I could be concerned that about what other people think. Side note, anytime we're like concerned about what other people are going to think about our stuff, it's because we really are not sure about what we think yeah. about our stuff. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. You I know, like yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because we haven't decided how like, quote, good it is. You know, we might be thinking other people not, might not think it's good or worth it. And we're thinking all of those things. And so when we can make all of the decisions about all of that, about our work for ourselves and put mm -hmm. it out there, no matter what, then some people, guess what? Some people are going to like it and some mm -hmm. people are not. And that's just how it goes. When we are vulnerable, vulnerability, I don't know if you've like listened to Brene Brown. She's so huge. Like go listen to all her stuff about vulnerability I've been working on becoming more vulnerable. So this is why I like get on podcasts and I'm like, this is me crying over the dishes over all of this stuff. You know, like it's not a yeah. problem <laughs> to talk about all this stuff, but you know, when we can put ourselves out there and be vulnerable and be okay with other people judging our work, it's okay because we've already made our own judgment about it because mm -hmm. we are the most important judge of that work. Mm -hmm. and other people just get to have their own opinions about it. Even when they say stuff in the comments about it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because we already have made the decision. So if this is you and you're struggling, go decide what you think about <laughs> your work and then make the decision about when you want to put it out there or how. <laughs> this is me right now, and this is really speaking to me. <laughs> I think you just coached me <laughs> unintentionally. Um <laughs> But that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is great. This is why I love talking to guests. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, give it, give it to me, Emma. What's the problem? Yeah. Oh, we don't have to do oh that online, but you know. Oh, it's yeah, that's okay. No, I've just been thinking. I've been trying to like put out. I've been trying to grow my business, and I'm just like scared to do mm -hmm. it. And I've just been like constantly my safe zone. And then um, when you talked about vulnerability there and judging my work like make a decision about what I think about it. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done that. <laughs> um, and I'm not being vulnerable. Like that's so applicable for me right now. So yeah, that's where my head went. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we hold our work like too close. We're mm -hmm. like, if if we don't put it out, like, okay, I've had some pieces that I have held for myself because I just want to enjoy. I just want to enjoy them on my own. And every once in a while, I would send it to a friend and be like, hey, look at this one. And they're like, oh my goodness, why are you sharing this with people? I'm like, <laughs> it's not right yet, right? Yeah. And so it yeah. might be that I entered it into a, like a competition and I just want to wait and see, mm -hmm. um, you know, because sometimes that's really fun. But if we're mm -hmm. holding it close because we're afraid, I think that's where we want to start to ask ourselves, like, why, what is so scary? Like what it seriously is the worst that could happen right. when we put it out there. I think sometimes the worst, we know the worst that could happen is that we somehow think we're going to discover that we are not the excellent writer or photographer that we think we are. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, like, yep. 
they're going to find me out. If I put this out there, they're going to find out like all the people they're going to find out that I'm really like, that's where imposter <laughs> syndrome comes in. Right. Oh like gosh. the people are going to find out that I really do suck. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are coaching me. This is me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I so relate to this. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I, my problem is right now <laughs> is I'm too scared to put my <laughs> offers out and grow my business because I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to, I'm, they're going to see I'm a fake or they're mm. going to, they're going to find out, or I don't know what they're going to find out, but they're going to find out there's something bad. Right. Um, right. Okay. You know? So here's, here's an exercise that I love to do when you are feeling like this. Okay. So you just sit down and go, okay, what if the opposite is true? What if I am, um, I had to do this to myself. What if I'm an amazing, what if I'm a really great photographer? What if I'm just a photographer? Like, or what if I'm an excellent writer? What if I'm a, what if I'm um, an awesome coach? Like, what does that look like? Or what if I'm good at what I do? Then what is someone who's good at what they do? What does that look like? And you just make a list of all of the things and see what lines up with stuff you're already doing. Because I think I have never, ever seen a scenario where we make the list and there's nothing on the list that you're doing. So then you see where your holes are, right? So this is like math versus drama. A lot of times we get so dramatic in our heads about the terrible, like you guys, I'm talking with my hands right now about the terrible things that are going to happen, right? When they find, like find out, right? But you know, who's going to do that? Because you're already doing nine times out of 10, you're already doing at least 50% of the things. And then the other parts you're like, oh, okay, well, this is some math now. I see that in order to be good or in order to do this, then I probably want to be doing this, this, and this. How could I get better at those things? How mm -hmm. could I push myself? Who do I need to contact? Do I need a mentor? This is why mentoring is so important because sometimes mm -hmm. we have holes that we might want a mentor for these things. We might want a coach. We might want a peer to collaborate with, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's what's missing. And so but until we like notice that that's our thinking, we don't get to the place where we do the work to see kind of to make the list to do the math. And that to me is really important. You know, like what is good? Okay, write all that down. Yeah. <laughs> make uh, the list. And are yes. you doing it? Like how much of that are you already doing? I made a list once and I was like, oh my gosh, there's only one thing I'm not doing. And I actually don't even care about it. So <laughs> maybe I will just adopt this belief that I am this thing because I'm already doing it. Right. That's such a, that's so, such a good method. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes, but uh, yes. And then yeah. when we're not doing the, the list things, that's when it manifests as like procrastination or loss of momentum, which yeah, yeah. is pretty common with creatives. Right. Right. And yeah. there are other reasons too, like, um, because here's the thing is whenever we're moving forward to try and do something, this is the discomfort part is where the real growth happens. It's in the discovery yes. of why that that's where all the growth happens. So, you know, I've been coaching people before and they're like, oh my gosh, I have this thing come up and I think I had this traumatic thing. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not qualified to coach people or to therapize mm -hmm. people out of their trauma, but for sure there are other things that we can do. So, you know, being able to just notice that or seeing, you know, like, Oh, okay, this is great. Now we notice this. How can we then keep moving forward? And so there's just such different reasons we uh, lose momentum yeah. that being able to like talk with someone and go, why is this anyway? And I just think it's, personally such an awesome thing it's that's creativity at its best I think is when two people can come together and solve a problem that seemed unsolvable before right and I, I have to say this is I just consider myself as a catalyst for change but all of my clients I know that all my clients have the answer in them I'm not going to tell them they, they get to just make all the decisions. I'm not going to tell them anything they have to go do for sure. I want to push people sometimes because sometimes we need that, but 
you know, within that safe space. But I believe that we all have the answers, but asking the questions to get us to that place is also so huge. But I just believe that we all, we all have that power to find out why, why we're not doing something and to move forward on our own too. Like we have all of the answers, which is, I think really huge. For me, it's a really powerful place to be as a coach because I don't come in and go, I'm going to solve all your problems. Right. Yeah. You literally have all of the answers, but we just want to figure out where those are. Like, (laughs) and to me, that's such a big deal. Uh, that's, that's a good distinction, though. It's really just an unlocking uh, thing. That's what it all, it's about, is that the, the client has all the answers already, and you have, mm-hmm. possibly you have the keys, the right questions, which may help them find them. And you did it to yourself. You have, right. you know, like, in that, <laughs> when you were talking about prose versus poetry, yeah. you literally went through that process where you had time, and it really does take time to set aside where we're not distracted by our devices or you know because that's a procrastination thing it's I, it's called buffering and you're just oh, avoiding something <laughs> yeah yes, yeah it's like that spinning spinning yeah. I have a, I'm not going to make a decision about this thing so it's just it's just on hold right yeah. so we do all these things that can keep us from doing the things that we want to and I just think having the time to sit down and look at all of it and explore for ourselves like you did on those road trips, you know, it was huge for you. So we can do this on our own, you know? Yes. Yes. You can do it on your own, but yes, you're right. It does take that time and focus. And I think that's why 2020 honestly was such a big year for me because I had that time and space and I did those road Mm -hmm. trips, solo road trips, and I had nothing else to do or anywhere to go. So it, yeah, it was kind of inevitable, but um, but if you work with a coach, it can definitely expedite things. <laughs> That's what I think too. That's what yeah. I think is huge because yeah. you could have, you know, three to five sessions and you are often moving, you know, you can right. have one session and, you know, I called up a friend of mine yesterday and I was like, or two days ago. And I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, sometimes we call each other. I'm trying to make this decision. And she's like, Brie, what if you think this? Or what if this? Could I offer you this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that just changed everything. Fine, I'm done. I'm just going to adopt that or I'm going to rephrase it how I want. Yeah. And that to me was so huge in that moment to be able to ha- talk with someone else who had an objective point of view and could offer something that could help me make a quick but powerful shift. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yes, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it really just takes that one question, that one person. I know. And there are no right questions or wrong questions. There's just, you know, we just want to keep asking. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being curious. Yeah. I love that. I love, we just did a podcast episode called creative curiosity and I love (laughs) that topic because, (laughs) because it actually makes us better. It makes us better creatives as we get more curious about our brains, as we get more curious about our art, all of that. I think that's so huge to just be a curious creative in general. Yeah, it, we, yeah, we can have a lot of growth with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can't believe we're almost, well, pretty much we're done. Like it's an hour, but um, I know, I really, right? I have what? so many other questions for you that I didn't even get to on my list. Um, maybe I'll okay, have to ask have me one back. more. Ask me one okay, more. One ask more. Ask me one more and I will make it short. Okay. Well, I wanted to address, we kind of talked about self-doubt and lack of confidence already. So I want to go to creative blocks as one of the other main themes that come up. Cause sometimes people just have a block, like they're, they're not procrastinating. They're really trying to work on it. They're confident they can do it, but it's just like something's blocked. So what's, what's your, what's your thoughts on creative blocks? Okay. So one of the things that's a, that can be a problem with creative blocks, and I think we're all blocked for different reasons, but when we get in that space, I'll, I'll just offer this quickly. Some, mm-hmm. so many times we get it, like we tell ourselves a telling ourselves we're in some sort of creative block can actually keep the block going. We're like, of course, I believe this so hard. I'm in a creative block. It can't stop. Right. I don't know what to do. Okay. <laughs> so then we, we kind of spin around and it's like, oh no, I'm, I, uh, I'm not going to be able yeah. to create. Okay. So telling, believing that about ourselves is also, is a huge part of it. And then mm-hmm. I think a second thing about creative blocks is when we tell ourselves that we're in a creative block and we have this like negative judgment about it, 
like, I don't know what to do. This is a big problem for me. It creates another layer of the onion, right? So sometimes yeah. this, this work is about like peeling back the layers of an onion and it actually creates another layer for ourselves that we have to peel back when we tell ourselves that it's a problem. And so actually, what if a creative block isn't a block? It's just some, it might be a signal to us that we might need some rest or we might need to put it down for a little bit. Like we might need to like lay some fallow ground and, and give it a break to renew our creativity. Maybe we need to take a break from it and go try something new and come back to it. It's just when we think about it as a problem, then it becomes really a problem and we have all the judgment about it. Also another layer of the onion. So I think if we can open ourselves up to the possibility that being in that space where we, where our creativity, like in the past, isn't readily accessible, isn't a problem Mm -hmm. because like our energy in life, it ebbs and flows, mine ebbs and flows, our creativity might ebb and flow. We can't always create because look at like Emma, when you are creating, sometimes it comes fast and furious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then sometimes it comes slow and steady and then sometimes it comes not at all. And if all of that is just part of the creative process, then why is that a problem? Like it happens with our mm-hmm. energy. It happens with other things in life. We're so, like today I'm not so hungry tomorrow. I'll probably be starving. It's not a problem. Right. Yeah. So if we can take back that layer of the judgment about it and just reframe it and think about it in a different way, that is so huge. And then actually, when we think about it like that, then we're like, Oh, when it comes, when it comes back, maybe I'll try some other things, maybe I need rest. And when it comes back, then it's there again. Mm -hmm. And hallelujah, we're off and writing. There you go. No, I love that distinction. Because I feel like there's there is kind of possibly this cultural belief that when it comes to creativity, you always have to be on. And if you're not on, then something's wrong. You're you're broken or something's blocked and it's may just be you just need to sleep or go for a walk in nature or do some yoga do not do not the thing for a few hours yes. or something then you may right. find something or sparks. even a couple days or a couple or days even weeks. a month yep. yep i get though if creating is like your profession and you're like i have a deadline and i gotta right. beat this deadline then there's some other stuff to address like how could mm-hmm. you trust yourself to take a quick break and still create the thing you know, mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. there's other stuff involved there. Um, but I think in general, I just think it's not a problem. I, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. <laughs> it's not a problem. The end. <laughs> Done. It's not. A, it, it really or like it doesn't have to be a problem if you don't right. want it to be yeah. like you have the choice to either make it a problem or not, but maybe choose mm-hmm. not to make it a problem and then see what happens. Like do the experiment. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be creative. Be it's curious. all about that experiment. I know experimenting and play like, Hey, what happens if I yeah. just don't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. And, it, and it's okay to not like you give yourself permission to do that. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's absolutely. a great, great spot to end. I'm glad we fit, fit that one in. Um, okay. Yeah, so too. my, my final questions that I always ask everybody. So where can people find you online if they want to work with you or learn more? And do you have any upcoming offers or any promotions you want to share? Okay, so you can always find me at Creative Minds with an S, creativemindscoach.com, because I am the coach for Creative Minds. Um, you can find me with the same um, handle on Instagram, or actually, if you go to my website, I have all of the socials at the bottom. You can just go there. So you can, yeah, you can always find me there. I'm about to redo some things. Um, so, and by the way, I, off, I always offer a 15 minute Q&A. I love doing that because I love meeting with people. I love connecting mm-hmm. and it's just a way for you to go, Hey, what if I worked with you? This is my problem. What would it look like? And maybe we decide that you coaching isn't for you right now. I don't know. Yeah. That being said, I offer, there's two things that I want to tell your people. I want to tell everyone about. So one is I send out an email every Monday. It's called my Monday motivation email. And I love doing this because this is my time to go, okay, we all want to be motivated. And this is me every Monday going, you can do this this week, like this and this is how. So I absolutely love that. So you can go on my website and find any page and sign up for that. 
And number two is my creative confidence workshop is six weeks. We do six, uh, uh, six 90 minute sessions. It's huge. I teach so much stuff in there and you come away with like, um, we do like cheat sheets and I, Mm -hmm. I give us, you know, we do, uh, challenges and we create a little bit of a community and, um, and we do coaching and it's really, really fun. It's live over zoom. And I just think it's such, if you were thinking about getting, being coached, this is a good, good place to start because you learn so much in the six weeks, like it is jam packed. So anyway, I just love that. I do the work too, like I mentioned before. And anyway, I want to invite anyone who is interested to just go to my website, click on work with me and find out more. It's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounded great from what you were saying earlier about it. So I'll put all those links in the show notes below for everybody. Um, And my last question, I ask all my guests, what advice can you give our listeners for living a wild creative life? Oh, for a living wild creative life. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) Well, go play, but also go dare yourself to do something crazy, like get moved past some fear that you have and just go dare yourself to do something today. Like right now, write it down, right? Whatever it is, whatever time you're listening to this, Go figure out something you're going to dare yourself to do and go do it. I think that's wild. I think we don't do it enough. And it's also super exciting and fun. So go dare yourself to do something new and creative and crazy. I love it. I love that too. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you so much, (laughs) Brie, for sharing your amazing coaching advice and your outlook on creativity. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for inviting me to join you and um, for the conversation. Thank you for being vulnerable with all of (laughs) your experiences. So appreciate it. I'll have to do it more. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Bree. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and Bree's warm, energetic approach to creativity. If you'd like to connect with Bree online, all the links are below in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and share. I do also have a Patreon for the show if you'd like to support it that way. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmacavetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative. <music>